If you do what is right, then God will answer your prayers. And God will touch your husband. And God will do a tremendous work within your own life because you're in subjection, which is a military term, hupotasso, to be underneath Jesus Christ. Your husband might not be, but if you are, then God will take care of the rest. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It is good to have you with us as we continue our study of God's biblical guidelines for a healthy, blessed marriage. Today, Roll will focus specifically on what to do if your spouse isn't a believer. You'll see that while your spiritual journey is currently a solitary one, your prayers and trust don't go unnoticed by the Lord. He can work a change in your spouse's heart. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins the lesson, A Word for Wives and Husbands. If you have your Bible, join us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. He's going to be speaking to wives that have non-believer husbands. I don't know if there are any here today, but there probably are. Maybe your husband or maybe your wife is a non-believer. What do you do? When you have someone that is not a believer and you are following Jesus Christ. Well, I can share with you that when, when I got married, my wife was a believer. I was not a believer. And the reason is because she had been backslidden and she had played and she had paid the consequences of her sin. And so we got married and she found out that for the next four and a half years, it would be hell on earth for her. Now, we know what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through chapter 7, verse 1. He says, Be you not unequally yoked together with a non-believer for what fellowship has light with darkness. And yet, even though the scriptures are given to us, people don't take them to heart. And so what do they do? They go out and they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that is not a believer and they marry them. And then they pay the consequences of sin. I think it's important that we listen to the word of God and that we would be obedient to what God's word says. You would save yourself a lot of headaches and a lot of pain. Especially in a marriage. And I believe that if you're single this morning, and you're hoping to get married one day, and you're actually looking for someone to marry, you're already starting out the wrong way. You should really, first of all, have your full relationship with God completely and fully in obedience to Him. And then He'll take care of the situation in your loneliness and singleness. But so many times is that people get lonely and They meet this person that communicates with them and talks to them. And they start becoming friends and one thing leads to another. And eventually what I've seen too is that the other person that is a non-believer leads the believer away from God. Instead of the believer leading them to Christ. So there is a problem. We need to be very careful how we treat our situation. Whether married 
or single. I told you in the past that God hates divorce. And yet I know there are people here probably that have divorced. Now we don't know the situation. I do not know your situation. But I know one thing that there are situations where a husband and a wife in the marriage might be some verbal or physical or sexual abuse. And sometimes it leads to separation and eventually it leads to divorce. I mean, you can't help it. But there are also on the other side people that willingly, willfully disobey God's word. Just because they have fallen out of love with their partner, they'll go out and find somebody else and they will divorce their partner. And that is wrong and that is sinful. God will hold you accountable to your marriage. In this culture that Peter is talking about, first of all, women were actually nobodies. They were not respected in this culture. In that culture, the Greek and Roman culture, most husbands had concubines. The only reason they had a wife is so that the wife could bear my children. But if I want to play, I get a concubine, you see. But then Peter is writing and he's giving counsel to a woman that accepts the Lord. Her husband is not a believer. And now she has to come into fellowship with the church. And how does she come into the fellowship when she's nothing in the community? And now in Christianity, she's going to be accepted. And now she's going to begin to pray for her husband to be saved. What do you do if you have a husband that is not saved or a wife? Do you preach to them to death? You actually go buy tracks and kind of divide them up and break them up and put them in their lunches. So you're hoping maybe they'll eat one and they'll be converted. No, it doesn't work like that. First of all, we need to realize that it is the Holy Spirit that converts and convicts people's hearts. And Peter here gives you great counsel on how to win someone that is not a believer in the kingdom of God in your home. And that is by your obedience and conduct of life. That's the way to do it. It's by your commitment that you make to Jesus Christ as you follow up the Lord and as you're obedient and you're submissive to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and you take, if you're a woman, your husband's not a Christian, then you need to take the spiritual leadership of your home for your children until your husband gets saved because your children need leadership. You see? And if you have a husband that is a believer and a wife that is non-believer, then the husband takes the leadership and he prays with his children and he takes them to church and he makes sure that they're being taken care of spiritually and you pray for your wife or God to save her. And if you're a wife and you have a husband non-believer, then you pray that your husband will be saved. And if this morning you find yourself struggling with your husband or your wife, There needs to be peace in the home. Somebody has to make peace. Otherwise, you're going to destroy your home. And the problem so many times is that you got two people with two wills, and one or the other or both of them do not want to take the fault. They don't want to submit. You see? 
And somebody has to give. And I hope that it's the believer. I hope that both believers both submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Marriage is for life. Until death do us part. You shouldn't even think of getting married unless you're willing to count the cost. You see? You shouldn't. If you think that marriage is just having sex and having a good time, you are wrong. You are wrong. Stay single. Because you don't need to be married. I'm saying that's not where it's at. The first thing that a person has to do, like in a marriage, you have to build a spiritual what? Foundation. That is, I pray and I read the word of God with my girlfriend as I do with my wife too. Why? Because if I start in the spirit, then I'm not going to end in the flesh. You see, my relationship. God has to be a priority in my life. Secondly, as a single person with my girlfriend or my boyfriend, we should never seek to be alone because why? The devil will tempt you. You see? You're only looking for trouble. And then you should not only base your relationship with Jesus Christ and being a godly person, but also desire that you're going to keep yourself pure in the relationship so that God can honor your ceremony when you get married. You're wearing a white dress for purity, you see? And so Peter wants to make sure that he gives advice to the women, and then he's going to speak to the husbands. Look what he says as he speaks to them as a true example of marriage. Beginning with verse 1 of chapter 3. He says, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word. What word? The word of God. They, the husbands, without a word, that means the woman nagging or communicating or preaching to the husband. Then without a word, maybe one, notice how, by the conduct of their wives. There it is. The word conduct, literally in the Greek means the manner of life you live in private life. That's how your husband's going to get saved. It's not by what you say to him. It's not what you preach to him. It's by your conduct, by your manner of life, the way you live your life as a wife. In the home, taking care of your home, taking care of your children, taking care of your husband. You see? And then through that, your husband will have an awakening that nobody can bring, but the Holy Spirit can do that. It can be in a week, it can be in a month, it could be several years, it could be a lifetime. Are you patient enough to wait and to be obedient in the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Because that's what God desires. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're here to fortify your faith with life-shaping observations from God's Word. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. And be sure to join Raul for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now back to the final part of our study, A Word for Wives and Husbands. Look what else he says. When he talks about wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, even as some do not obey the word, that without the word may be won by the conduct of the wise. Verse 2. 
When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Now what does he mean by that? Well, somehow, the husband looking at his wife, not only can make observations as an unbeliever, but one of the great observations that he sees is that his wife fears God. That she fears God. She's not going to lie for him. She's not going to compromise her position for him. Because there will be husbands that will ask their wives to do certain things like, hey, let's cheat on our income tax, or let's do this, or let's do that. As a Christian wife, you need to love your husband, you need to be with your husband, but you're not to partake in his evil things that he does, in his practices. God doesn't call you to submit to that. Understand that. When we submit, we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and that is to righteousness and to truth, and to love. And so here he's talking about this woman, that her husband's not a believer, but because of her manner of life, and because of her conduct, and because she fears God, her husband is touched by this. Verse 3, he says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward arranging the hair, and the wearing of gold, and the putting of fine dress. Now what does he mean by that? Well, in that culture, women dress pretty spectacular. They wore pearls in their hair. They had gold in their hair. They wore these beautiful dresses. And they painted themselves a beautiful where They were a, a real attraction to those that were walking down the street to turn around and look at this woman that was so dressed up and so beautiful. What Peter is saying that a woman needs to be careful that when she dresses and she takes care of herself that she's moderate. Not to the excess of bringing attention to herself. You see? Be moderate. In the way you look, in the way you dress. Why? Because these women were thinking, well maybe if I fix myself up and I dress sexy, maybe my husband will love me and maybe he gets saved. That's not true. Because Peter says that it's not the outward that counts, but what does he say? The inward. It doesn't mean that a woman has to be not taking care of herself. No, you need to take care of yourself. You need to look good for your husband, for your children. And whatever else you do. But that's important that when you do it, you do it as unto the Lord. And you don't do it overboard. But you're moderate in what you do. So that when people look at you, they see a godly example of a godly woman. Look what else he says. This is pretty interesting. Do not let your adornment be merely outward arranging of hair, wearing of gold, or putting a fine dress. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. Underline that. There it is. The heart is more important. With the incorruptible beauty. How? Of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Wait a minute. You said, Rod, are you telling me that I can't talk to my husband? No, I'm not saying that. What he's talking about is... That woman not nagging her husband. Not being aggressive. You see? Not loading it over her husband. But as she looks at herself in the eyes of God, beautiful in the inside, then she says what? Again, of a quiet, a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. When she obeys and submits her life to God, that's the best thing. Then her husband will be one to the Lord. You see? 
Because her husband will see that not only is she submissive to him in the things that are godly, and then how she submissive to the lordship of Jesus Christ, and how she takes care of her home, take care of her children, take care of everything that she has to do, and at the same time spend time with her husband and loving her husband, even though her husband is not gentle and kind to her. That's what wins people to the Lord. You see? So here Peter aligns this whole thing for women. Then he says, in verse 5, For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. Going back to Sarah and Abraham. You see? In the Old Testament, all those wives with all those guys, they were the same way submissive to their husbands because they were submissive to the Lord. Because the husband is the head of the home. Then verse 6, here's the example. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Does that mean that I have to call my husband Lord? No. (laughs) She did. As respectful in that culture, she called him Lord. And then, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. You see? You don't have to be afraid. If you do what is right, then God will answer your prayers. And God will touch your husband. And God will do a tremendous work within your own life, because you're in subjection, which is a military term, hupotasso, to be underneath Jesus Christ. Your husband might not be, but if you are, then God will take care of the rest. And then look what he says to husbands. This is pretty interesting. Verse 7. Only one verse, but what a powerful scripture. One little verse, and yet it's so packed for husbands. And now he's speaking to husbands that are Christians. Okay, So if you're a Christian husband today, listen carefully. Husbands... Likewise, dwell with your wives with understanding. Now, probably this is one of the big areas where you have a marriage counseling, where she comes in and says, my husband doesn't understand me. Well, what do you mean? Well, here he says, husbands likewise, dwell, first of all, dwell before understanding. The word dwell here means not only to say, to abide, but literally it's in reference To the husband and the wife sexually together. You see? Giving themselves in submission sexually to each other. Dwelling with each other. That's in love. But then in that relationship that they have, not only in consummation sexually, he says in understanding your wife, which means that you have to not only understand what she's going through, be impatient, But the only way you're going to understand your wife is to spend time with your wife. How? Conversing with your wife. In this culture, in this time, people are so busy that by the time you actually measure out the clock, I mean, how many minutes or hours or literally days or weeks or years are we really spending together? Building a home, building a relationship. Not much with a lot of people. Because people have their own agenda. They're doing so much for themselves. But maybe if you cut out time from the gym. 
or from other activities, maybe your marriage could be spared. And you could spend time as a spiritual head of your home, praying with your wife, reading the word to your wife, understanding what the will of God is for her as it is for you. And then as your wife sees you as the spiritual head of your house, making decisions, when you make a decision, she's not going to question you. Because she knows that you spend time with God. And even if you make a mistake, she's going to respect it because she knows that you're a man of God. The problem comes when men are not men of God. Your wives can't trust you. And you cannot trust her if she's not a believer either. It's very hard. So it's really important that as husbands, we dwell with them with understanding. And then listen to what he says, giving honor to the wife. The word honor means dignity, importance. That is, making her feel like she is important in your life. Pretty heavy. Because if you don't, listen to what he says. He says, dwell with them in understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Here Peter says that your wife is what? She's not weak. She's the weaker vessel, which means that God has made her the weaker vessel. That is, she has different uh, emotions, different emotions than you have. And so when I deal with my wife, I can't deal with her as a man. I have to deal with her as a female. You see, because of her emotions and because of her needs are different than my needs. And it's kind of neat because Peter says that as we do that as the weaker vessel, then being heirs together of the grace of life. So if I treat my wife even as Christ treats his church, and I love my wife as Christ loves the church, then how can she ever complain? She can't. You see, because I am fulfilling my marriage role. But the problem comes when men get so busy with their lives and their jobs and all their hobbies that they begin to neglect their wives and their children and their homes and their homes go down the tubes. If you and your spouse are in different places with the Lord, there's an added dimension of stress on your relationship. So we encourage you to look to God for patience, hope, and daily direction. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's message, just call us at 800-634-9165, and we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. All you have to do is ask for Raul's lesson titled, A Word for Wives and Husbands. Now, we'd also like to tell you about Raul's marriage study on an MP3 thumb drive. This 20-part series features an interview with Rawl and his wife, Sharon, who successfully navigated the difficult years before Rawl gave his heart to Jesus. You'll also discover helpful insight into God's original intent for the union of husbands and wives and the unique roles he's assigned to each for a healthy relationship. To order Rawl's 20-part marriage series, including the bonus interview, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your flash drive for a gift of $30 or more. That's 800-634-9165. Now, you can also order this resource by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. 
Somebody Loves Your Radio with Roll Reese is entirely listener-supported, and we are grateful for your tax-deductible donations. Thanks so much for your generous partnership. And thanks again for making us a part of your day. Join us next time for more biblical wisdom to direct your steps and strengthen your heart in your daily walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's Roll once again with a closing thought from today's lesson. And it's real important, men, that you really, truly take the headship of your home as the spiritual leader of your homes, to pray for your wives, to pray for your children, to lead them and give them some kind of a scripture when you read the Bible to them. Because if you don't do that, let's say that you're arguing and fighting and striving, not only are you getting hurt, but who's getting hurt the most? The children. What are they doing? You're teaching them to be fighters. You're teaching them to be dividers. You're teaching them to strive. You're teaching them to scream and yell and cuss whatever else you do. They're little disciples. They're watching. Not only that, if you do that, then God says that your prayers will be hindered. They won't know her. They'll go up to the wall and bounce back down from the wall. They're not going further than the ceiling and they're going to come right back down until you make things right with your wife and with your children. And as you come together in the grace of God, as heirs together of God's grace, then God can bless both of you and your whole home. But you have to be willing to submit and to repent of your sins. And then God can do it. May God help us. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.